Welcome to the Hot Topic Bold Talk Podcast. Dr. Jacqueline is opening a forum for us to discuss opinions on the topics currently trending today. She's also going to share her experience with unique and diverse books that will encourage us all to think differently about the world and change our lives for the better. Together, we cover hot topics and get into the nitty gritty of how they affect our lives. All in the friendly and engaging tone so that you feel comfortable listening, even if it's not your favorite topic. This podcast is the perfect blend of knowledge and fun. We discuss everything and anything that matters today. Don't settle for the same old stuff. Get in on the conversation. Hi, this is Dr. Jacqueline from DTP Leadership Group. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you Podcast 26. Because sometimes my podcasts are, are a challenge to write and then also to present to you. Because there is pain in some of the things I'm saying to you about what people have experienced in our country. But tonight, tonight I'm giving you a different kind of presentation because I get to present some early stories of American women that are fun, that are exciting, and they provide such an excellent example of leadership. So I'm going to start my podcast by asking this question. Given the exam of women who were trailblazers from 1776 to 1848, how many would you know? Stop being unaware of outstanding women in American history and hear their stories. So my bet is if you had an exam of women of that period, you probably wouldn't know many of them and you probably need to have someone paired up with so they can help you because both of you might have a challenge. And that's the reason I'm saying stop being unaware of outstanding women in America and hear their stories. I'll introduce this podcast in this way. Every time I have provided a diversity, equity, and inclusion DEI program to an organization, I am stunned at the lack of knowledge about women who make significant contributions to American history. I've decided to provide in this podcast brief stories of many of the major women contributors to our country. I'm going to include as many African-American women as possible, along with white women, since many of them were ignored or their stories have not been included in our history books we study in school. And this podcast, I won't have as many African-Americans because they didn't emerge till later as activists but I am going to provide more stories in a future podcast. As I've written the script for this podcast, I've been surprised by my own limited knowledge of some of the women I cover in this podcast and will include some even in the future podcasts that I've learned a lot more about. I would like for you to know about these women and be able to have discussions about them with your partners spouses, daughters, and sons. And so I want to start with a president's wife who vowed she would not ever be ignored. And that's Abigail Adams. 
Abigail Adams was born in 1744 and died in 1818. When I read her short story in the Library of America, I smiled to myself about the amazing strength she had and the fascinating relationship she had with her husband, President John Adams. She is best known for her correspondence with him where she made this declaration. I desire you would remember the ladies. Now, Abigail Adams served as her husband's advisor, critic, advocate, and above all, dearest friend from the beginning of their courtship in 1761 until her death in 1818. In between, she was both a witness to and a erudite. That means she's had tremendous knowledge by gaining and studying and a witty commentator on the American Revolution, French and British society at the end of the 18th century and the presidential administrations of Washington, Adams, Jefferson, and Madison, as well as the beginning of political careers of her son, John Quincy Adams. She said of he uh, said at this point, you know, my mind is much occupied with the affairs of our country. If as a woman, I may be called idle, I-D-L-E, I never can be uninterested, an uninterested spectator. She wrote to John uh, Adams in 1793. She also wrote over 4,300 letters over the course of her life to over 40 correspondents, including Thomas Jefferson, Mercy uh, Otis Warren, James and Dolly Madison, and Martha Washington, covering topics from government, politics, and foreign policy to women's rights, abolition, and the latest fashions captured her attention. Editor uh, Gill says that her letters provided unusual access to her private life, but they also showed the age she lived in, its social conventions, politics, and people, not just in descriptions, but in commentary, which gave her great status as a writer. In history, Batemon archive Getty Images her comments to John Adams were expanded. She was she she not only said remember the ladies, she also added and be generous and favorable to them than your ancestors. Do not put such un unlimited power into the hands of the husbands. Remember all men would be tyrants if they could. If particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to from meant a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice or representation. Now, I truly believe we needed to hear her message because of what's happening around women's rights in the United States. And I think men need to hear her message. I admire her forthrightness, persistence, and commitment to women having rights in 1776 and on until her death. Now, the next three women I want to mention are suffragettes, like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott. Stanton and Mott were the leaders who held the first women's rights convention in New York with 300 attendees. 
there were 68 women and 32 men, including Frederick Dullard, Douglass, that signed the de Declaration of Sentiments, which sparked decades of activism. This led many years later to the 19th Amendment grant, granting women the right to vote. And Susan B. Anthony is the one I want to start with. She lived from 1820 to 1906. From the Gilder Lemon Organizational History Resources, we have some brief statements about her. She was a champion of temperance, abolition, and the rights of labor, and equal pay for equal work. She became one of the most visible leaders of the women's suffrage movement. Susan traveled around the country delivering speeches in favor of women's suffrage. From a very early age, Anthony was inspired by the Quaker belief that everyone was equal under God. That idea guided her throughout her life. She had seven brothers and sisters, many of whom became activists for justice and emancipation of slaves. After returning to her family who had moved to New York State, she met William Lloyd Garrison and Frederick Douglass who were friends of her father. Listening to them moved Susan to want to do more to help end slavery. She became an activist, and even though most people thought it was improper for women to give speeches in public, Anthony made many passionate speeches against slavery. It is interesting that she did not attend the first women's convention in the United States, yet began the suffrage movement. Her mother and sister did attend that convention. And in 1851, Anthony met Elizabeth Cady. The two women became good friends and worked together for over 50 years fighting for women's rights. They traveled the country and Anthony gave speeches demanding that women be given the right to vote. At times, she risked being arrested for sharing her ideas in public. On November 7, 1901, at the age of 80, having returned from long public life as an advocate for abolition and women's rights, Susan B. Anthony summarized the gains that had been made in women's rights. Her energetic tone suggested the inner resilience that had established her as a leader in the drive for women's voting rights and would propel the movement far into the 20th century. I think you would find it fascinating to read her full transcript of her writing that she did. This is a part of the Gilder Lerman collection. The next woman I'd like to talk about is, and I want to present some things about the era she lived in as well in the beginning before I talk about her, because there were tremendous challenges for, these, uh, for a woman like her. And this woman is Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Women's history provides fascinating information and experiences that Elizabeth Cady Stanton had as an author, lecturer, and chief philosopher of the women's rights and suffrage movement. The Resources Library curriculum, American Portraits, provides a picture of what she lived in. The early decades of the 19th century Reformers sought to alleviate harsh conditions, work for equal for all. 
eliminate vice, and create a utopian society. In general, they wanted to bring about a more just society. They engaged in politics and civil society. Women were about to enter the public life and participate in all of the reform movements in this period because of the perception that they possessed an inherent moral quality that men lacked. I think it's a fascinating statement. Women were considered to be valuable at that time because they possessed an inherent moral quality that men lacked. Women, however, generally suffered in inequality in most social and political institutions. They could not vote, could not own property, and could not serve as jur on juries. Women did not have the same educational or economic opportunities as men. When women engaged in other reform movements for equality and justice, they began to gain a greater understanding of their own inequality. Moreover, women even experienced discrimination in the reform movement they joined. Elizabeth Cady Stanton was one of the pioneers of women's rights. She was the guiding force behind the Fall Convention of 1848 in Seneca Falls. In the spring of 1840, she traveled across the Atlantic to attend the World Anti-Slavery Convention in London with her husband. This was their honeymoon trip. Besides getting to know his wife, Henry took advantage of the trip to provide her with reading lists and abolitionist trait, tracts and to tutor her on the fundamentals of the anti-slavery movement. The meeting of some 500 abolitionists convened in the Freemasons Hall. Elizabeth and dozens of other women bristled when they were seated behind the bar and therefore not seated on the floor of the convention as official participants. Some American men did speak up to protest the unequal treatment of women. Wendell Phillips, a famous abolitionist, stated that excluding women was akin to excluding black delegates. The British leaders of the convention would not permit women on the floor of the convention. Stanton soon struck up a friendship with the women's rights advocate, Lucretia Mott. She, she stated about Lucretia, Mrs. Mott was to be me an entirely new revelation of women's hood. When Elizabeth's father offered her a piece of property with a farmhouse in her own name in 1847, the family moved to the smaller town, Seneca Falls in Upper State, New York. The humble town would soon be the site of the historic meeting for women's rights. The assembly heard the declaration of the sentiments and listened to familiar words as it was modeled after the assertion of universal rights in the Declaration of Independence, though with, with significant alterations. And here's the quote. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. Those women are not mentioned, so they changed it. The document proclaimed. The grievances stated that the history of mankind is the history of repeated in injuries and usurping the rights of women 
And some of the examples of their grievances were political, civil, economic, and educational inequality. Men had compelled women to follow laws in the formation of which she had no voice. He has taken from her all rights and property, even to the wages she earns. It Stanton quotes and says several times in her speeches. The important statement was near the end, which she said, it is the duty of women of this country to secure themselves their sacred right to the elective franchise. Lucretia Mott suggested to Stanton that he thought he thought she thought it was unwise to press for passage of the resolution. Didn't matter to Stanton, she demanded a vote. Frederick Douglass was the only man to support the resolution. The resolution barely passed, but due to the treatment the signers received from the public, many removed their names. Stanton never withdrew her signature. She believed that women's suffrage was the stronghold of the fortress of women's equality. And the long suffering for women's suffrage began with the fortitude of Elizabeth Cady Stanton and her dedication to the cause of justice for women. Now, the next woman I'd like to talk about is Lucretia Mott. She lived from 1793 to 1880. Based on her story in the biology and facts of the Britannica, we learn how she became so interested in women's rights. She was engaged as a assistant and later as a teacher in a boarding school in Poughkeepsie, New York. It was then that her interest in women's rights really began. Solely because of her sex, she would paid only half the salary male teachers were receiving. With her marriage to James Mott, a fellow teacher, she joined the Society of Friends and traveled around the country, lecturing on religion, social reform, temperance, abolition of slavery, and peace. She got involved with the American Anti-Slavery Society and was a great contributor to this society. Rebuffed as a delegate to the world's anti-slavery convention in London in 1840 because of her sex, Mott did manage to make her views known. After the Seneca Falls, New York Convention, she wrote articles called Discourse on Women in 1850. At the organizing meeting of the American Equal Rights Association in 1866, she was chosen president, and she was president of many organizations. The following year, she joined Robert Dale Owen, Rabbi Isaac M. Wise, and others in the organization of the Free Religious Association. She was well known as a fluent moving speaker since she retained her poise before the most hostile audiences. And after the Civil War, she worked to secure the franchise and educational opportunities for free men since passage of the Fugitive Slave Law in 1850. She and her husband had also opened their home to running 
to runaway slaves escaping via the Underground Railroad. She continued to be active in the causes of women's rights, peace, and liberal religion until her death. Her last address was given to the Friends Annual Meeting in May of 1880. So here's what I would conclude from all these stories of these great women. After, about, after writing about the significant actions these women took, I think it would be impossible to ignore their contributions to United States history. They brought up issues, addressed them, and even though we still struggle with women's rights about pay and many other things, these women can be an aspiration to all of us to fight for the rights of women. In a previous podcast, 23 and 24, about the Equal Rights Amendment, or ERA, I present the reason that the 19th Amendment did not guarantee the equality for women like men have been in, is instated in the United States Constitution, which I noted to you earlier. I, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to these podcasts. It is time for us to have the United States Congress to recognize and implement the Equal Rights Amendment since it has the required number of states of our, uh, of, from our country. ERA, ERA would give the women the rights they desire and would honor women for who they truly are. The gutsy attitude of Abigail Adams in the 1700s and the same attitude persistence exhibited by Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Lucretia Mott, I think is fascinating. I smile with fond regard for all these women and how they establish concepts of equality and social justice that provide us direction to continue the fight for women's rights today. I feel amazed at how their husbands supported them as they joined these movements and spoke publicly about issues which were not considered something that women should do. Their stories can be appreciated by other races of women who were also activists at various times in our history. The LGBTQ plus community can be encouraged by these women since they show the same stamina that members of this community have exhibited as activists for years. We need to be certain that our history books include these women's stories so we can learn from their courage and commitment because what they really were doing was fighting for the rights of all human beings. Thank you for listening to the Hot Topic Bold Talk podcast. Now remember to get in on the conversation, head on over to patreon.com slash Dr. Jacqueline. Bye for now. Thank you.